Assalamu alaikum and hello everybody. Welcome to the En Route podcast. I'm your host Abida and this is episode two, En Route to Reflections at the End of 2020. Today I'm joined by two of my friends from sixth form, Patricia and Marie. Hi. Say hi guys. <laughs> hi, hello. And hi, I'm Pat. So today we'll be doing a little kind of like question game inspired by the we're not really strangers card game as well as like some other impromptu questions that Marie has for us from her own set of cards but um yeah does anyone want to start with the questions or should I like get in there I've got my three now so I'm Mm. ready if you guys want the questions I'm ready to go yeah yeah Abita says she'll go first well, it is her podcast, so she probably yeah. should go first. <laughs> <laughs> Let's no, go. go okay. As in, like, me being questioned or uh, me questioning you. lady podcast-ish trick. Okay. <laughs> we should do, like, an icebreaker because um, your audience knows a bit about you, Avida, from your introduction. Yeah. But um, uh, right now, we're, we are still strangers. So I don't know you. That's a uh, uh, series of questioning they get to know a little bit more about us well as much as we are willing to disclose <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh I think obviously they're just hearing the voices right now I think it'll be interesting for you guys <clears throat> to give a little bit about yourself like you know your because you guys have very interesting ethnic backgrounds and like stories of like how we all grew up in the UK so if you want to disclose a little bit of that so people have context on that like that'll yeah. be cool like yeah do you want to go first pat or do you want to do like rock paper scissors <laughs> um i'll go first because i don't really know <laughs> rock paper scissors i put out scissors i mean we yeah, can't we see can. each other as well Marie, what did you put out <laughs> paper um <laughs> oh. um okay uh uh i'm Filipino. I was born in the Philippines and migrated oh gosh, to the no UK. Way. Yeah, I don't know if it's obvious from. <laughs> from I didn't know of... that Filipino <laughs> people were from from the Philippines, Patricia. Yeah, you've opened man. my eyes. <laughs> A whole new world. <laughs> yeah, no. Just in case people think we're called the Philippines, because I've I've got I've gotten that before, um, which is which makes sense, kind of. Wild, wild. absolutely wild. <laughs> But yeah, so um, I migrated to the UK in year, I know, in 2008. Okay. And yeah, I've, I've been living here since. Um, yeah, that's that. I'm, I'm currently employed. Uh, I have a dog. <laughs> there you go. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Eli, a fluffy yeah. boy. That's my Woo! dog. Oh, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my turn. So... I emigrated in 2006, so I've been here for a while. I emigrated from Guyana, so I am Guyish. Wait, you grew you grew up in Guyana? Really? That's I thought me. you knew. <laughs> yeah. Everyone no. thinks that I was born here. No. Um, oh my gosh! I thought you were American. Yeah. It's... <laughs> It's a weird mixture of the accent. I've been told that I sound slightly Texan. 
so that's a thing. <laughs> I don't know where but, that came from, but I don't know where that came from either. Um, I've been told I sound slightly Texan. Um, some of the words that I use and some of the phrases that I use are quite American, but um, no, I moved from Guyana in 2006. I was five at the time, and I've been here ever since. Wow. Um, my whole family, besides like a couple of my nieces and nephews. Well, I only have one nephew. I don't know why I put a plural on that. Um, we're born here, but like everyone is like Guyanese through and through, and we're just out here living our lives in the UK. Okay, that's really cool because I had no clue, Marie, <laughs> like that you have lived a period of your life yeah. in Guyana. For me, I was born in as well. So guys, oh my gosh, five. I actually didn't know that. But um yeah, I came here as a baby. I came here as a baby, so I'm pretty much raised here all my life. I don't um, really have memories there other than a couple of times I mean back to Bangladesh. But um yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I, I think we learned so much new from each so yeah. much new like this many new things from each other already yeah it's quite surreal i'm cool with that you're like none of us were born here and migrated at different stages yeah like abita is a baby like Mm -hmm. me when i was five like pat when you were like eight or nine yeah that's wild seven eight yeah that's so like that's so cool i don't know it's I didn't have no clue that, you know what I was thinking before this episode, I was like thinking, hmm, now that Pat was born in and raised yeah. in the Philippines for a while, and then I, I, for some reason, like, assumed that Marie just mm. grew up here, like, was born and grew up here, so I'm just, like, <laughs> pleasantly surprised, because I didn't think that all three of us had that in common, we do. but you know what, mm. I'm cool with that. Yeah, people usually, people yeah. usually don't think that I was born here, oh. like, that's a common thing like mm-hmm. everyone thinks that I was born in this country but no anyway first question <laughs> so Marie hello hello Marie, hello Marie, Marie. we're gonna start with a deep Ooh. question here a deep question okay so the question oh that God. I picked for you is who in your life do you feel you can be your most vulnerable with Ooh. and why? And has that person changed over the years? Not the person themselves, but has it changed from one person to okay. another? That, that is a really good question yeah. and I, I like have an answer to it. Um, so the person Aww. in my life, like family-wise, that I can be the most vulnerable with is my sister Marissa. The sole reason. <laughs> shout out to Marissa. <laughs> she's got a podcast as well. Shout out to Marissa Unfiltered. Yeah. Go listen to her podcast. Yeah. Um, Marissa's my fave sibling. Out <laughs> of how fave. many, Patricia? Between me and her, you said that she's your favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure about the other three. I yeah. haven't spoken to them much, but. Between you two, I, I like I like yeah. you the best. Two out of five is okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think Marissa, because 
like as we mentioned before I moved here when I was five so I feel as though compared to like the rest of my siblings I'm quite westernized and so I feel like Mm -hmm. because we're the closest in age I can relate to her the most and we have like similar ideas and like thoughts and she often says like there's a lot of times where I want to say something but you say it before me so just being able to like communicate with each other like openly like there's no like lying or any like oh I'm gonna keep this from you because I fear judgment there's like just very open communication and we're just very chill with each other for me, I don't have an older yeah. sibling, and Pat doesn't have an older sibling yeah. as well, I don't think. So it's, like, nice to have mm. that space to open up to, because with my parents, because they were born and raised abroad, and then they came here later on in mm. their life, like, certain things I might want to discuss with them, it takes a lot of explaining and creating a context beforehand, yeah. before being able to actually go into what I want to talk about at times, and that can be, like, you know, a bit draining, mm-hmm. because... um man I said draining with you yeah it can be draining the draining (laughs) but um yeah it can be quite draining because obviously sometimes you don't want to have to explain the whole story you just want to get that one particular event or scenario out and reach some kind of conclusion about it I get what you mean because there's that cultural difference because your parents obviously grew Mm -hmm. up in Bangladesh and you're more westernized than they are because you moved here when you were a baby so your ideals are more like air quotes English but also there's that like generational Mm -hmm. difference as well so it's like a lot of the thoughts and ideas that you have in your head and a lot of the things that they're thinking about they're seen through so many different lenses that aren't like overlapping Mm -hmm. so it's like should I speak to my parents about this should I keep this to myself I get what you mean because it's kind of the same with me as well because I moved here when I was five so I can't really remember that much about Guyana and obviously me and my mom are from very different generations so at times it's like if I speak to you about this will you assume a certain thing about me or will you automatically, like, judge me or deem me as, like, being, oh, you're just thinking this because, like, you're young? So I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. very real. Um, And I think another thing is that um, your age gap, I mean, it, it's, it's like, what, four or five years, right? So mm. it, it's still, I would say, quite significant, but yeah. I believe it's your, uh, there's an overlap in your upbringing as well. She probably mm-hmm. spent um like studied here too so to have someone who um has already kind of immersed themselves in the culture to help you kind of adjust Mm. would you say that she was that type of figure to you as well um while you were growing up or did you kind of just like figure it out on your own I think I kind of figured it out on my own like as a like person myself I tend to like observe certain situations like 
my mum's kept like a record of like all of <laughs> the like letters and stuff that have been sent home from teachers and mm-hmm. like from primary I remember there was this like one like letter that my parent like that my um teacher sorry sent home and it was like Marie started off really quiet but now she's like opening up and, <laughs> <laughs> and I've kind of I like think, always been I, like that yeah I receive letters like that too I think with 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 kids who um are like started off as foreigners who yeah um came from another country and is then like um introduced to this school system because I had something similar where um I was like in year three I think when I joined and yeah I was quiet too and um they would always compliment like how quick I was at picking up like like cues or like um in terms of like my response because my English wasn't polished it was yeah. just like I could comprehend yeah, yeah, yeah. um adequately it, it's just like when it comes to responses but it's like at the same time the school I went to wasn't great and uh, <laughs> I felt like I kind of had to adapt fast if I were yeah. to survive basically but yeah that's that's really interesting um like the contrast because you came when you were five and I came and I was eight so yeah um I felt like I was always looking for that like figure to like guide Mm. me but it was good that you were like able to find your own bearings yeah and I think in some sense you kind of carried that identity over into your adulthood wouldn't you say oh definitely I've (laughs) <laughs> that, that charm is still there of you like I'm gonna do this <laughs> yeah like I've always been someone that kind of assesses situations before I jump headfirst mm-hmm. into them so like the whole letter that my teacher sent that was like oh Marie was quiet at first but like now she's very open like even my manager at work she was like at first I thought you were really nice and sweet but now you're really <laughs> cheeky like this has just been me like throughout life oh. <laughs> it's because I don't like to put myself in situations where I know that I'll be in danger and mm. even though Guyana yeah. is an like an English speaking country we speak like Creole so it's not like English English and mm. I've I've pretty much always struggled with English. Like even right now, I'm str- I'm struggling to make coherent sentences. Guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not obvious. <laughs> you, you, are... you know, it's really like, but uh... not funny. But like, kind of funny you say that because I've always thought Marie to be like very yeah. American. So the fact that internally you feel like you've struggled in that way, like that. that that hasn't been presented to me yeah. on the exterior mm. when I've interacted with you so I'm quite surprised oh and gosh, I ask I can't say pleasantly yeah. or unpleasantly but I understand yeah. where it comes from because um for me like my early school experience when I think back um obviously my parents English wasn't so mm. great when I probably would have been in nursery and I think that I used to cry all the time in the beginning yeah. of nursery and you guys know I'm quite sociable mm-hmm. and bubbly but um now that I reflect back, I think it could have potentially been due to a language yeah. barrier where I didn't understand the kids around me, the mm-hmm. people around me. So I was really quite attached to my mum and I didn't enjoy 
been yeah. in that space and slowly I must have picked up the language and then started adjusting and that's when I became more comfortable mm-hmm. in school otherwise in the beginning like I'm yeah my parents just laugh about how I was the only one that they yeah. had to stay behind at school with because I just didn't like that's it there understandable. and now obviously I've got the tool of the English language being mm-hmm. there so it's not a problem but obviously I can't really go back into the headspace I was at as yeah. a four-year-old like three mm-hmm. four-year-olds so I can't say it for sure but that has to be the most plausible conclusion because my parents their English really would have mm. not been something that would have like helped me in school because they didn't know it so well and I became the person later on to translate on their behalf and really understand the language and make sure they understood what someone else was saying yeah. to them so mm. it's really mm. interesting like I didn't think that we'd end up on this as a <laughs> conversation but and um, wow like like, wow i always like ask you to like um (laughs) proofread all my emails oh yeah i always always yeah yeah. (laughs) i'll sorry to proofread my emails before i send them off and it it could just be a simple email to um i don't know hey child or something (laughs) and it you know i just i just trust i just trust her touch thank you (laughs) yeah but Alita, you make like a really good point. I think a lot of POCs struggle mm. with like their sense of identity and being because the first people that you're around, those are your parents. And mm. for you, yeah. especially since your parents are like speaking to you in Bengali and it's like, mm. okay, this is who I am. I'm a Bida. I'm from Bangladesh. Like, bro, I was born there. My parents mm. are speaking to me in Bengali. Like, this is my sense of being. And then being surrounded mm. by a bunch of kids, like, speaking in English. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, I'd probably, like, cry too. But I think mm. for a lot of POCs, there comes this point where it's like, okay, I have to adapt and I have to mm. assume this like yeah. sense of responsibility I- like I can speak English now mm. but right. my parents are still struggling and that's like for a mixture mm. of reasons like a lot of POCs surround themselves in like communities that are the same as them so it so they don't necessarily yeah. like have to improve their English skills because the people around them speak like the same language mm. language have the same sense of cultural identity so go pat there's like yeah there's like a need to be able to communicate very well yeah that like that pressure to be able Mm -hmm. to just um kind of justify your parents roots and their their um hard work you know, by being mm-hmm. able to utilize and, and maximize the opportunity of being able to migrate and Definitely. the opportunities that have come, you know, now that they've brought you to this new place. Yeah. Um, and even though you're a child, there's that kind of sense there, you know, like mm-hmm. just that unknowingness, but, yeah. but you just have to figure things out. Yeah. I think that's why like later on in your like adolescence or adulthood when things start to slow down and, you, and everything you have to kind of just process and realize mm-hmm. oh my gosh there are certain things that I, I have to 
accept but didn't yeah. have time to because I was too focused on yeah doing this you know yeah. not for myself but for my my parents and it's yeah. something that our parents also don't realize mm-hmm. just because for them it was normal you know yeah. to be able to subject someone in, yeah. in this environment um, and just kind of leave them you know to adjust by themselves mm-hmm. I completely get what you mean like won't lie I started therapy last month so November 2020 and I've been talking to my therapist a lot about cultural identity and like understanding who you are because most POCs they come into the country and it's like okay I must adapt and I must just be like everyone else as soon as possible so I don't get singled out and yeah and we were kids we were oh kids. yeah like you were five and you were having <laughs> these thoughts goodness yeah. that it's is like, a lot I was five you were eight Abita was a baby <laughs> <laughs> and all of us had this sense of okay everyone else is like this should we be like this as well yeah is there any other way to be because like growing up there was Mm. much there was very much like this sense of okay it's bad to be like a quote-unquote like freshy it's bad to like have an accent and not like say certain words properly so should I just adapt and be like everyone else and the answer Mm. was kind of like yes and then when you get like to a certain age like we're all 19 20 now and it's like oh my gosh do I know a lot about we're all 20 20. um it's like this sense of I'm the eldest here yeah perhaps like 21 (laughs) (laughs) but it's like scary That's the ghetto pat. Do better. <laughs> I think though, one thing that I do have to thank mm. my parents a lot for is that they've always made me feel confident yeah. within myself. Because um, for me now, that you speaking and us having this conversation, I've realized I would have not have really been exposed to people mm-hmm. not like me until I was really in the school setting. Like obviously when my parents would take a shopping and whatnot but before then most of my time would have been spent at home and I wouldn't have really interacted with um you know people from a different background and the majority at that time in the area that I lived in was white people like Caucasian people and then the next minority was um people from like black black from a black heritage background and then like the Asians were the minority in the area I lived in so that school set in. Oh, Maurice is connected. It's disconnected. No. <laughs> That's okay. You go ahead. I'll, I'll just wait for it to come back. Okay. Um, I forgot what I was saying. But um, yeah. So it would have been the first time I would have been exposed to so many mm-hmm. new faces and groups of people. But um, yeah. The point I'm trying to make here is the fact that literally before I left my home environment and being exposed to the school environment I would have not known any other kind of world like I would know that yes I'm living in the UK but it it would still quite be like a focus on the Asian side until I was 
introduced to an environment with like oh like I don't know if I'm making any sense <laughs> oh I lost my train of thought <laughs> but but you get what yeah. I'm saying Pat, in terms of like you grew up in the Philippines then you came here then you established your home mm. environment and once you had to get back into school again you have these two identities mm. like your home identity and then yeah. your school identity and then you're trying to find a middle ground mm. where you're um gapping the two t- not gapping the building a bridge mm. with those two things together it it, it takes oh, okay. more than it, it takes a lot to build that bridge and um it, it does kind of continue on to to the present times right now and I would say that for me I'm, I'm definitely yeah, still building definitely. that bridge definitely um but yeah just I don't know really I don't know what my concern was as a kid I would definitely say it was more in like what um Maurice said earlier on which is like avoiding like being called freshy or uh being singled out yeah. just trying to blend in and um like now that we are discussing it like I, I really see how I like changed my behavior so that I would not um draw attention to myself um rather than like yeah. me feeling comfortable and like celebrating oh like where I came from um I was like I felt really insecure you know like oh I'm different and I just need to kind of be similar you know but yeah um would you say that because you um grew up here um sorry let me rephrase that um obviously Marie came in when she was five I came in when I was eight and you were a baby how would you say um because obviously we spoke Marie and I spoke briefly about how um at the different stages we um migrated here um and how that affected us into adulthood and what type of pressures we face as kids you came here when you were a baby so you had you know way before us and basically had that full experience yeah um how was like assimilation different for you did you feel like you had to assimilate or it was just like natural like you were you became just part I don't know if I'm making sense <laughs> I think I think one thing that I would say here is the beautiful thing about children is these kind of thoughts that I'm different or people are different they don't automatically come to you like mm-hmm. you don't see that difference until people start pointing it out or you're made yeah, to feel different sure. if that makes sense and because yeah you know like um I was kind of immersed into the experience of growing up in this country mm-hmm. the first biggest difference must have been just school versus home and then once in the uh, school environment yeah, yeah. when other kids started pointing out something different mm. then you're really like oh okay so mm. do I fit in here or not but I don't know I don't feel like personally for me I questioned those things until a little bit later on like mm. I was kind of in my own kind of world in a way like, <laughs> not completely but I wasn't I don't know maybe if there have been incidences where people have been openly racist 
or maybe they've done it indirectly because it wasn't on my radar I I can't really say anything for sure it's like as you get older and I think for more for me than like being Asian it was like being Muslim that stood out because there wasn't many um other like people of color or like girls who were Muslim and like I was obviously Muslim because I like you know not obviously but um you could see visually that I was a Muslim because I started wearing a headscarf quite early on and even people from my own like um background the few people that Mm -hmm. were in school like they didn't practice in that same way so sometimes I was like am I doing this right or I'm not doing this right Mm -hmm. because I didn't grow up in Bangladesh I don't really have any of that too um reference back to and then also it's not until like the most recent years where I've asked my parents what did they do in their childhood so Patricia um my question to you is what have you tolerated from people in the past that you no longer have the space for oh gosh this is about setting boundaries isn't it which uh (laughs) I am very bad yeah, I was at gonna say, the, um, a pertinent question <laughs> is hey Patricia do you set boundaries yes or no <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm working on it it's okay <laughs> um so what um sorry can you repeat that what do I tolerate from people in the past that I no longer do yeah what have you tolerated in the past from people that um, you no longer do now? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Let me think. Um, Take your time. <laughs> oh, okay. This one. Um, the Asian stereotypes so um obviously in secondary school um it's it's all about banter and I I guess I wasn't as educated on how um penis some of the stereotypes are for Mm -hmm. the um like Asian community and so I would just take Mm -hmm. it as a joke you know but um forgetting that you know even though I, I I it was just bantering and they're not my friends were like not doing and and these people are no longer like my friends friends like I know them and um we did have some good memories together but um obviously as we like lost contact you know those those type of like relationships but yeah as you grow older um but yeah so like jokes about like calling me like Ling Ling or um what's it called uh like uh being like super smart um just like the basic stereotypes the kind of um people tease Asian people about um never like aggravated me because they were like I perceive them as friends and like yeah I let them cross that threshold the um but the thing is I would never cross that threshold to them you know I would never like say something that I would perceive as derogatory and that actually is something I'm proud of like how persistent I've been in doing something uh, in like withholding myself from 
um, behaving in a way that I disapprove of or like a belief that I don't want to like for example I remember one time briefly um, like I was at a friend's house and they like they were playing like um, Afrobeats and like um, uh, just like you know songs from that genre and I remember one of my friends were like oh let's play a song from from yeah like your background and they started playing like Gangnam Style oh, no. and I was like yeah I was like ha 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 and then they were like teach us how to like dance it things like that you know um but yeah that's the first thing that came up in my head just because now that I'm older it's never it's not something that I, I don't want my sister to pick up or allow other people to kind of uh, to treat her in that specific way because it's all about how it makes you yes. feel and it always made me feel uncomfortable but it was something I didn't want to speak up on just in case I would be taken as oh you can't take a joke or like um, you know it's just light light-hearted banter but if light-hearted banter is making me feel you know bad about myself is it really light-hearted yeah, humor should... you know because a joke yeah a joke is it's, it's, it's a two-way thing it's one who's you know, giving the joke, it, it's like, of course, there's particular things that people get offended by, but topics like race, you know, like body image, I feel like are like just sensitive topics that it's it's just, if you can, like, I don't know how you can play away with like racial stereotypes, unless you're that, if that, if that fits your profile already, if like you're an Asian person making fun about Asian, Asian stereotypes, and yeah, but if you're like, doesn't belong to you, but yeah, um, I mean, I've, forgive myself for um not speaking up just because I wasn't very sure or confident in myself um but now I you know it's all about how you learn from it Mm -hmm. and definitely that's not something I will tolerate now you you know the situation you mentioned like me and Marie haven't gone through Mm -hmm. that but automatically I just felt like really really uncomfortable and like I don't know cringing but like it stuck to me it stuck to me hearing it just felt painful mm -hmm. I think yeah part of it is because as POCs there's no like real solidarity if you get what I mean like we all tend to like keep to ourselves in a way and Mm -hmm. we stick to like certain groups so Patricia being Filipino it's like Patricia seen as the other Abida being from Bangladesh yeah true because I was like the only Asian girl in my like yeah like you're seen as the other and I was technically seen as the other too because in primary secondary and even sixth form like I wasn't around like large groups of black people. I was always mm-hmm. surround like surrounded by like Asian people from like India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. So I was technically always seen as the other. And I think mm-hmm. that between us, there's never been mm-hmm. like this moment in time where it's like all these POCs living harmoniously harmoniously together and we're all doing great it's always kind of like 
Mm. oh my gosh I'm gonna stay with people that kind of look like me because it's easier I think like a lot of people think like that because it's just Mm -hmm. it's just the easiest way to live because you know that those people won't put you in situations where you're gonna be like oh my gosh what the hell is happening like with Mm -hmm. Patricia and being told that she can say the n-word it's like what the hell yeah and like we all yeah yeah. I'm sure these people probably don't remember it but I don't know it was quite poignant for me (laughs) yeah um it makes me like think like if I told them like no that makes me uncomfortable like I'm curious as to how they would react like would they would they acknowledge Mm. my feelings and stop saying it or be like show my yeah, like, Patricia we were just be, like, kids shade you every now and yeah, then I yeah think yeah a lot of that um, because like I remember there was a moment in secondary yeah. where this girl was like oh you smell like 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 cocoa butter and like chocolate and I was like what the hell <laughs> that's weird <laughs> like like what the hell are you talking but, about yeah but with like my friendship group I was like comfortable with them because like I went to like primary school mm-hmm. with most of them and I guess I, I got my confidence from being yeah. part of that group too and like I know that I, I, I even though they sometimes I do feel like I have to try mm-hmm. harder and I have to prove myself eventually around year year nine year ten I was like yep these are the the small group that I, I, I yeah. value the most and um I feel I feel most confident when I'm with them and they're the ones I'm still friends mm-hmm. with now um but I don't know what I was saying <laughs> with that but I, can yeah. I piggyback <laughs> off of that like based off of Go the friends that you have that I've met like Amira and Angel like mm-hmm. they're yeah. very they're all yeah, from yeah, secondary they're like yeah. very outspoken people whereas yeah. I think you're still trying to find comfort in yourself which isn't a mm, bad thing they... like you trying to figure out who you are is never a bad thing like Pat mm. you're in your early 20s you've got like a ways to yeah. go it's not like you're in your 70s having like a what the I hell know. am I doing who am I like type of crisis like yeah you're genuinely fine but I think because a lot of your friends <laughs> are so comfortable in who they are I think at times you tend to like question yourself and you tend to be like true oh my gosh I'm yeah why are my like where does my boundaries lie you know how why can't I push as far as them um certainly um but I you know that's why I love I love you guys I love I really do love my friends just because even though they're so outspoken um they acknowledge my personality um and um especially the areas in my life that I need work on and they encourage me and, and they like continue to empower me like it's like you Marie for example um like to go out of my comfort zone um and with Abida just like again like I wouldn't have been able to survive my retake yet without <laughs> you guys because I was just like going <laughs> through a lot like I was going yeah. through a lot and I don't know you guys just made me feel so comfortable and confident um in the environment where I just felt so like kind of traumatized yeah. <laughs> but yeah nevertheless um 
um, there's a reason why things happen in a particular way and I've definitely outgrown of some of like my immature Mm -hmm. habits Um, and you know not to say that I've definitely didn't like benefit off that like friendship group Um, you know I was never lonely and wherever I was like I could always connect to someone Um, but yeah I'm just glad that I, I like kind of struck with my intuition and um was able to leave with um such great yeah. people um who are still like with me today uh, <laughs> but yeah and I have severe attachment issues so if you guys think you can run away from me, <laughs> <laughs> you can oh, yeah. I will Marissa I know Marissa um <laughs> We can never leave Patricia. Marissa is now. <laughs> no, you yeah, cannot. Yeah, like Mar- Marissa is now her her coach and therapist. So <laughs> we're connected yeah. in some way. I've made sure, like, yeah, I've eaten in a beaded house. <laughs> yeah, I've been going. I'm about to cross the next threshold. Uh, we're we're stuck for life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Marie, I yeah. told you right. Yeah, how like um basically um Abida allowed me to take home some of this like spicy fish yeah. dish. I don't know the I name know, for it, love. I only know it in Bengali. Yeah, and I left it on the counter and it was like so spicy. Yeah? There was no way you could eat it alone. You have to eat it with yeah. rice or bread. And Eli got to it and he ate the oh, entire Eli. thing. I don't know how this I am so sorry for his uh, digestive system, but he seems yeah. to be fine now. It's know? okay, we can always send more. Oh, I'll yeah. He seemed to have enjoyed it yeah. since he finished it. Oh, a it. fluffy boy. Do you know what? I feel like the three of us are connected <laughs> in such a way where it's like, even if we go like the next 10, 20 years without speaking to each other, yeah. we'll be like, oh my gosh, Abida, Patricia. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love that. No, I value, I value, like that progression so much because I have, I have friends who are who are like that at this point too. Like, you know, I I I want to keep them, (laughs) you know, because I know they're just such great people to be around. Um, the people who just make you feel good about yourself, make you feel confident in your own skin. Like, I feel comforted and like in a good space, but then at the same time. Mm, you guys teach you. me a lot from the conversations that we have and on the um on the top of the <laughs> on what does marie said about like if we bumped into each other like <laughs> in 10 years time how it would yeah. still feel natural and like you'd feel safe <laughs> that's the irony right marie we bumped into each other it really before, is. and it's literally this girl has already hired me as a photographer. Oh my for her god! There's no actually. Yes. There's no escaping yes. you, Abina. Let me just not run away. Yeah, it's like a yeah. conversation. She calls me one day. And she's like, and by the way, you're Pat, photographing my whole entire like, wedding. I've already hired you. Like yeah. the next couple of days of my wedding, Patricia, you're taking all the pictures. Marie, Patricia, I give you the green light to wear saris. Like, it's okay. It's not cultural appropriation. I've given you the green light. I'll take you shopping with me. She's already thought so far ahead. But, like, I find friendships like that really easy because there's, like, no pressure. It's, like, Patricia sends me, like, a million messages 
daily and she doesn't <laughs> expect me to respond to any of them I I find comfort in that so much comfort <laughs> because I'm terrible at responding to people Abida, I don't think like, we, don't... we we spoke about this intentional Marie. <laughs> no, it's you're intentional. not. My okay. friends are terrible. Okay. Like <laughs> Amira is like, terrible. I've been speaking to my therapist about it, and I feel such guilt about not like responding to people. I'm like, oh my gosh, they probably think I hate them. I'm. No, my texting habit is so. It's erratic. I'm surprised you even it's bothered. It's quite erratic, <laughs> Patricia. I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I've always called my texting like habits as like word vomit <laughs> because I want to transpire oh my, my like yeah. my like uh how I speak in real life into text because I'm I just yeah. I don't like calling I just don't I wouldn't want to talk Patricia, to people. I'm gonna out you <laughs> so... <because> the other <laughs> oh my it's, gosh can you it's not? really not that bad like the other day Patricia sent me a voice note and she was like. I'm gonna whisper so you feel like I'm close to you, and I was like, "Great!" <laughs> I was like, "This is gonna be great." And then, like, you know, the like star emoji. She was like, "Anything in this looks amazing," and I was like, "Patricia is either under the influence of something, or she's genuinely no, sleep deprived." <laughs> but I. But I think she's genuinely I'm just sleep deprived. Like, I don't think it's like drugs or alcohol. <laughs> I think it's just sleep deprivation. <laughs> yeah, that's where my personality comes from. But yeah, like I always <laughs> respond in the end. And like with me and Abida, there've been like a, yeah, yeah, there've so been occasions where we like don't speak for like forever, and then we randomly see each other and we're like oh yeah, my like, gosh it's well, you. You <laughs> <laughs> like the last time I saw you in person was like February or March and we were like hey what's up and I was like I scared you, you come with me? I'm sorry. oh my gosh you did I, I saw... in my wait where did you guys in, see each um, other in T4 yeah, Bro, like, I was getting you, like, yeah. of course, there's no other place you'd find oh a Marie during a pandemic. It was before the pandemic, okay, Patricia. Oh, okay. It was very lucky timing. Understand. Makes more sense. It was, very good Makes more like... sense. <laughs> it was right before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I went to France during the beginning of the pandemic. I feel like that's so more There's no judgment there. Than me. Listen, I'm not judging <laughs> you, but I feel like that's more irresponsible. Someone of your age. Yeah. My mom was so married. Um, <laughs> married. <laughs> My mom was so yeah. married. Um, but yeah, we you know we travel. Uh, well, I made I equipped my friends with all the precautions. Like I remember, I brought like hand sanitizer and I put it in the door. It was, it was at the very beginning when it was yeah. just in Asia. The news was just there, and everyone's like, "Yeah, coronavirus." And like when we were traveling, it was only us mm-hmm. with face masks. And it, we were on the coach as well, and we were traveling to France on the coach. I was expecting more people to be wearing it, but yeah, no, I'm I'm actually thankful yeah. I went right before it went to. Yeah, I don't blame you. Went really bad. And I feel like <laughs> from now on, travel yeah. will genuinely never be the same. So it's good that you had For a sure. trip beforehand. Because yeah. Patricia, the two of us were supposed to be living our best lives in Asia, <laughs> in like from like June, uh, and 
No, but yeah. we are so lucky, Marie, because we would have had a lot of trouble in terms of our like um flight expenses oh, yeah. and rebooking stuff. Oh, so yeah. honestly, it worked out. God is good. You know, God's plan God's always time. prevail. Always prevail. Like <laughs> it's so funny because like back in March, I remember we were just about to book our tickets mm. and the website like crashed. And we were like, oh my gosh, no. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, we kept calculating, like, the um the yeah. money and, like, the transfers. And then, <laughs> as, like, as, as we kept, like, planning, like, the anxiety with coronavirus yeah, kept growing yeah. as well. And, and then lockdown. What's it called? Like, I kept saying, my mom mm-hmm. is worried. Yeah. I remember that specific day, like, I was at work in the office. Yeah. And we were like, Marie, my mom's like really worried about Corona, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Hopefully it doesn't get worse." And we were like just about to book our tickets. <laughs> we, and we, those days we sounded we so naive. So we, we had so no clue. And like we were just about to book our tickets, and the website know. crashed, and we were like, yeah. "We're gonna do it later. It's okay." And then boom, we're in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you guys so, never actually ended up booking okay. the tickets in the first place? No. No. Like we, yeah, thank, thank God. Because we were goodness. like, we're going to do it later. Like, we're just going to wait till, like, I get home from work and Patricia's, like, in a, like, sound state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it takes it takes a yeah, while yeah. to get there. So we just never booked it. <laughs> and it worked but, like, out in your favor. Spend... Most definitely, like sure, like For sure. Imagine if we booked it because it was supposed to be from like June twentieth onwards. Oh, yeah. Like oh, my we would have gone through so much trouble. That was like the heat. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I. Like every single country we went to, we would have been oh, yeah, quarantined. We, I it been was been literally just us. <laughs> and like, and we kind of like made a deal with each other. And she was like, "The next time I speak to you, you should be like in therapy." And I was like, "Bet, like, cool, okay, that's yeah, bet. That's, like, bet. that's that's achievable, that's attainable." <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah, so and that's like so why I, I think it's really started. beautiful. Yeah, I feel like this is what mm. friendship should be about. Um, and I feel like going into twenties or late teens is when you become more intentional mm-hmm. about the people around you. And truly, like hearing mm. moments like this, it's it just means a lot. Yeah. Like it, it means a lot because. I don't know how to explain it, but just hearing that interaction, it just allows it to be acceptable for other mm-hmm. people to understand that they should want good for themselves mm-hmm. and go forward with it. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it's because there's so for many sure. and I think it's because there's like, <laughs> I think there's so many okay, different love. levels to it because A, SPOCs were not taught mm-hmm. that therapy is something that we should seek at like, any point yeah, in life like majorly. even if yeah. we're like exactly what is even <laughs> therapy we had to figure exactly. that out like like oh yeah. that's an option like to even help if we're fully functional we can... members of society 
don't seek therapy even if we're like hella mm. depressed and we have nowhere to go in yeah. life don't seek therapy like SPOCs yeah. there's like this sh- struggle mm. of even if you're struggling keep it to yourself and keep striving mm-hmm. forward I was thinking about finding a therapist yeah no but Marie it's like the time that it took you yeah. and that conversation our maximum stay at one place apart yeah. from Korea obviously it's like two weeks oh. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like goodbye <laughs> Literally, just so us being stuck inside. Yeah, quarantining, yeah. I mean, we did really, really want to go to the airport in yeah. Singapore. Oh, Singapore and Korea. Yeah, Singapore and Korea, because there's just so much. Oh. Like, Singapore, yeah. I think, has, like, an indoor waterfall. And I was like, yeah. let's go. It's our like ecosystem. Yeah, like, Gosh, so, so beautiful. So beautiful. And we were like so ready to just relax mm. and have the time <laughs> and eat. <laughs> like just relax and have the time of our lives. Like we planned everything out, like Airbnbs. Yeah, to like, the just tea. everything. Prices. Like we were planning on getting like travel insurance, but I'm just very thankful that we didn't go through with it in the end because I remember my friend Mm. was telling me that she booked like an Airbnb in Paris and she struggled. She didn't even get her money back in Mm, the end, but she she was like struggling with the host and the host was like, oh, you could just Mm. like pick another day. Like I'm not giving you your money back. Just pick another day in the future. And we hope coronavirus is gone by then. Like, so... Big <laughs> jokes on you. When is this near future coming? <laughs> exactly. Like, so many places are like, uh, <clears throat> we're non-refundable. So yeah. pick a date in the future. And we hope it works out for you. Because yeah. <laughs> they would have lost a lot of bookings Most as well. Definitely. All that's one, why, so that's why, like, a lot of places are so non-refundable. Because it's like... No, what mm. like no matter what, we're keeping our money, sis. Like mm. we don't care what's going on with you. This money's now ours. You gave it to us. <laughs> that makes me question business practices. <laughs> I mean, as an on mm-hmm. like a human, or well, I don't know if humanistic is the right word, but it's just on that side. Like I understand, secure your bag. But at the same time, yeah. I don't know, where, where do people base their principles on when it comes to this kind of thing? Mm. I mean, I'm not going to say anything else because I need to do a bit more research into that world. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, in terms of the business side of stuff, it's just something I'm personally interested in. So one day, you know, if I own something, like... Mm. Well, I me... Sorry <laughs> for interrupting. I think it's, it's okay. Lot. I think it's because a lot of places are so focused on making like growth and Mm -hmm. making sure that money is continuously Mm -hmm. coming in that's why like a lot of places have like oh once you pay it's non-refundable like I paid for something in January Mm -hmm. and they were like 
it's a 50 pound deposit just know if you don't show up or like you just don't want to go ahead with it anymore we're not giving you your money back and I'm like that's yeah that's like 50 pounds that's like kind of a lot but the thing is it's it like, is a lot it's unprecedented exactly. though it's, it's not like you were sick it was a a yeah. global pandemic so it's nothing anyone yeah. can control I mean uh, understandably of course they need the money because they would have had a heavy loss but I guess mm-hmm. like they're just trying to stay afloat it, like how ethical is that yeah. you know yeah it's just exactly it's true I mean even the government right now oh is trying to stay afloat doing tier three yeah. instead of putting us like continuing the UK lockdown government is a joke right they're reviewing the tier system but it's like I think Mm. the UK is so focused on appeasing Mm -hmm. like individuals and actually being like okay guys this is what's best for us on the whole like in countries like Asia Mm. and and Oceania Mm. as well I guess it's like Okay, guys. Yeah, like we've got Australia yeah, like, and New like, Zealand. Guys, we're in Goodness, this together. They did it, they did yeah, so yeah. well. It's like we're in this together. Like, as long as we all mm-hmm. make sure that we're safe and we're all doing this and that, we'll be fine. Whereas, like, the UK and the US, it's like, okay, so Sally doesn't want to wear a mask. So we can't <laughs> force her to. Too long. Yeah, it's like, if yeah. you don't want to wear a mask, <clears throat> we can't force you to we're not going to create a law mm. that says you have to and I think mm. that's our downfall because a lot of people mm. are so focused on their individual rights that they don't think about the betterment oh of individuals because yes. at work when it's like mm. okay guys we're going back into the office it's like it's more mm. of a choice so it's like if you want to come, you can come. If you don't want to, you don't have to. And that's mm. genuinely fine. But the government's like, okay, guys, we understand that you believe that certain things against your human rights, so we're not going to force mm-hmm. you to do anything. And it's like, okay, it's been how long? And we're still struggling. Like, mm. this is somehow the worst we've ever been and we've been doing this for months Mm. almost an entire Mm. year like it's absolutely ridiculous I think the UK government has been like okay so we can't close everything down because that will ruin our economy but also we need to somehow keep our citizens alive like at the start of lockdown when they were like okay, so people can still come into the country and we're not going to test them. It's like, what? (laughs) You're letting people in? Um, um, They did, you know, I really appreciate that. that, I'm so thankful because not many people during this pandemic had access to some form of financial aid. So that's one thing I'm very thankful for because we were out of work for a while, but Another thing that I never like paid much like attention to is like the fa- uh, parents who who work but now have to stay at home because their kids have to stay yeah. at home. 
like I only like kind of like paid attention to like just just workers retail um the financial like sector but never actually like parents who had to because like I mean in my household my my sister is fine to just like stay at home by herself but like kids like they need someone to look after them you know but yeah but like the world really did take a a standstill um during this time um but even so I think a lot still happened goodness it's going to take more than 2020 to be able to process 2020 definitely I mean I'm glad you I keep saying the same phrase but it's okay um it's good that you mentioned the point about the parents because in my previous workplace that was definitely a concern for um mothers who are working part-time because of um the day when their mm. kids would be at the school that's the only hours they could work realistically it was an issue because yeah. now you have to choose between having a bit of income or you know making sure your children are being taken care of and not everybody has the luxury to mm. you know um have someone else to take care of their kids which usually isn't the case anyways unless you've got family nearby but people don't usually oh oh my gosh I don't even want to say (laughs) sorry but um yeah I just wanted to say definitely like I saw firsthand how other like mothers in particular who are working part-time were impacted by um not being able to have um a middle ground so when furlough came by and my company finally applied for it it did make a huge difference yeah guys we're approaching six o'clock i do have one more question for everybody oh yeah wait wait no. for you <laughs> no let's ask okay. one question for you so everyone got to answer a question about well wait, wait, wait. okay Marie, do you want to go is it going to be a question within in the next that can be minutes? answered okay so I, not yeah okay. um i think this is going to be like a several part recording <laughs> so we will have to revisit this for the episode but i do that's fine I do have a three mm. questions. I have one that's short. Oh, okay, kind you of short. That. No, 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 no. Or do you? you... I mean, uh, um, something brief so that um, yeah. you could you still have something to answer, and maybe can, and then the next um. So well, my one is um, uh, what is a belief about yourself that um, most empowers oh. you? Oh, oh my goodness empowers me about myself oh especially during these like past few months what have you clung to yeah that has really helped you so a belief about myself that's empowered me I think well it's not I wouldn't say it's exactly a belief but I feel like regardless of whatever situation I've been through in life till this point I've always been like a hopeful person if that makes sense so I guess this kind of like Mm -hmm. not unrealistic but optimistic side of myself because if I hadn't had that it's it's 
it's so easy to become a miserable bull person when mm-hmm. things happen in your life right so I'm glad that whatever sense of hope that I've had whether that be for me for me like my main like um you know kind of um anchor point is my faith and the belief in God and then believing in God and then mm-hmm. by that having that sense of hope I, I'd say yeah hope is probably the belief that empowers me because I know that there will be a better day or a better moment and something to look forward to eventually rather mm. than like you know um sticking myself in a hole of misery and just continuously being miserable and then making yourself then feel um I think the word is incapacitated mm-hmm. is that correct like yeah. incapacitated like not being able to do anything I feel like misery when you choose to experience and live with that and you make that a choice actively to just be mm-hmm. that way not when like you know when you have a moment of feeling miserable and then you feel that moment out and like you don't let you just experience it and then you move on but if you choose to hold on to it and continue to intentionally keep yourself in the space then you know just life Mm. it isn't a nice experience to it's not a experience you can value as much as you would do if you kind Mm. of looked at it from the view that yeah as cheesy as it sounds there's always a rainbow at the end of a storm right Mm -hmm. and you need to kind of brave Mm. that storm Till you reach the other side of it being sunny and the birds chirping and the sky is clear but uh, yeah I don't know no I get I don't what know you mean can... no, 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 that. Yeah. that was wonderful yeah that is beautiful faith wow. mm. really that, does like, help put yeah. me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> like I think in every situation being hopeful mm-hmm. yeah uplifts you no definitely you know I think um, that being just... hopeful, like, even if things don't turn out the way that you intended them to, at least you see yeah. it more as a teachable mm. moment, because I've kind of yeah. been... Yeah. Yeah, like, I've... Acceptance. That's yeah. so powerful. I've always you been know? a very glass, half-empty type of person. Like, I've always... <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like two black and there's white no thinking, gray like, at all. it's this or it's this yeah. there's there's no gray yeah, always... <laughs> no, I, I can relate mm. yeah some days I'm like that other days I can I can like settle for an, a, a particular shade of gray which is yeah. I would say is a win rather than settling for yeah like I always one zone of thinking somewhat of a realist so it's like this is how things are going to play out. There's no mm. grey at all. It's either black or it's white. I've always been like that. And I think this year has kind of taught me a lot of lessons, including that I should be more open to things. And even though things aren't going the way you intended them to, i.e. me and Patricia thinking we're going to travel the world and become international (laughs) (laughs) models we're just gonna make our stamp on Asia like this is there 
Yeah. Yeah. National Geographic. <laughs> like make a feature. <laughs> even though that didn't work out, there's still things that you could be doing. I kind of figured that out far too late, mm. but even though it's too late, it's not late. Yeah, 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 like even though it's like it's not late. Quote unquote, like too late. It's not too late. Like for me, it took having mm-hmm. a conversation with a friend. Like, the yeah, final, yeah. like the, mm-hmm. the catalyst that kind of like, yep, I'm settling it. And yeah, I think that's good too. Um, I mean, I know it's like almost mm-hmm. a, like a hellish process. Um, trying to get yeah. yourself in that frame of mind mm-hmm. to just be like yes I'm gonna do it because some days you're like yeah I'll do it and then you know next thing you know it's like a, a couple months yeah. later um but yeah I know this is so good I'm so proud of you guys because most definitely um, because it helps. It, uh-huh. it helps. Oh, sorry I was gonna say well, I'll ask you afterwards <laughs> I was gonna say because I think as like teenagers we've kind of been speaking about therapy for like years but we never Mm. actioned it because Mm. of the stigma from like older generations because yeah yeah. it's like a joke as well like yeah yeah, because like like, (laughs) our friendship groups it's like (laughs) oh therapy like therapy seems fine like amongst us like if I was to say to like either of you I'm gonna find a therapist you guys would be like oh my gosh you should definitely do that like within like our age group it's fine Mm -hmm. but I think that it's like once we leave our friendship groups and once we leave like that comfort zone of it being something that's okay fear starts to like set in because it's like oh my gosh yeah I'm gonna tell my mom Mm -hmm. yeah it's like I'm gonna tell my mom I'm in therapy yeah but what if she's not okay with it what if she sees it as me yeah. being judgmental about the yeah. way that she raised me? What if, yeah, mm, I think it's no, just... it's, it's natural, yeah. Especially if it's this cycle that yeah. has been, this, like, thought cycle and your perception that you've been, like, curating like, all your life, you know? I, it's definitely true. I'm going to leave everyone with this, like, nugget of wisdom. My therapist... <laughs> my therapist I'm gonna eat Sandy, it up. that is most definitely <laughs> not her name that's not her name I that's love the that nickname name. I've given to oh. her <laughs> yeah it's good no like my confidentiality man um in one of our sessions she was like as POCs we find the need to struggle and strive for better without ever acknowledging the things that have afflicted us but in order to make Mm -hmm. the next generation better than our own we must acknowledge and adapt to the things that have hurt us and the things that we're not quite sure about or the things that we question and I was like oh my gosh that is so true like no one has ever questioned or spoken about how something has affected them people have just said them as statements of fact Mm. and moved on from them so it's just about openness and being Um, able to communicate and speak about the things that you've been through Mm. so just 
that build up to it was also mm-hmm. valuable it, it, it wasn't like it was, yeah. like it was like you were preparing your heart yeah. and that is such like mm-hmm. a privilege for us you know for us for our generation there was um sorry, sorry I know Abita you, you <laughs> no, want to say something but um just as, as a final thing for as a final thing for me um there's this tweet by um Berman and I follow her on Twitter and uh it was just so good like when when I like, discovered this um uh, the statement she made it like really resonated <laughs> with me sorry about all <laughs> but she's like um my parent <laughs> yeah my parent mm-hmm. was tasked with the job of survival and i with self-actualization the immigrant generation the immigrant generational gap is real and what a luxury it is to search for yeah. purpose meaning and fulfillment and i i feel like mm-hmm. oh, it's it's so true like that and especially like and especially with what Sandy said about us um and how different and difficult it is to overcome Mm -hmm. those those beliefs that is very true because our parents had to go through a lot of shit that we kind of experienced but we never really Mm. acknowledged like acknowledged because yeah growing up people would talk about being like fresh off the boat but we were like ha 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 we never went mm. like oh shit you're talking about my mom you're talking about my dad you're talking about like members yeah, of like my she... family they're technically freshies they're like fresh off the boat mm-hmm. like we never acknowledged that we've more come to the point where mm, it's like okay me as an individual this is what I'm striving for this is the type of future that I'm trying to create mm. and make so I definitely resonate with that tweet mm. Mm. I'm just reflecting on what both of <laughs> you guys have said on like in terms of people you've um like Sandy's um perspective and then the tweet that Pat was talking about it's just it's really interesting that we've conflated um tools to help ourselves as a point of Mm. oh if you don't take therapy not take if you don't do therapy and somehow Mm -hmm. you overcome your the thing that you're going through it's more plausible than going to therapy and seeking help and reach in a space where you do feel more sound it's just really strange that Mm. that narrative exists but I'm really glad that we're part of a generation of people who are challenging Mm. that and allowing people to feel the hurt as you guys have mentioned and also you know not let that cripple you let like feel the hurt let it go Mm. and become or come to a place that is better than the past that you might have experienced without mm. you know fashion yeah. without you don't have to yeah. like pass that absolutely trauma like, I've always been someone to keep things to myself and I never really like communicate how I'm mm. feeling or how I'm doing so seeking help from like a therapist has been like very insightful for me and I've kind of just been like damn I've never heard someone 
and <laughs> yeah like I've never had someone she opened the door <laughs> I'm feeling or things that I've kind of suppressed about that yeah. But um, I feel like a good takeaway <laughs> is something that Sandy, shout out to Sandy, um, says to me like every session. Sandy! She's like, how do we make you the articulate, beautiful person that you want to be? It's like, what are you striving for? How do we make that? attainable like Mm. what steps do we take to get there like I feel like the topic of this like episode reflection is what it takes to get to who we want to be like I think a lot of us like deviate from yeah like me for example I've kind Mm -hmm. of written off this year because things didn't go the way I like I intended them to go like I didn't go traveling and becoming international models with Patricia. <laughs> so it's like 2020 is over for me. Yeah, it's like we oh, were so what a close pity. to being a part of Soul Fashion Week, pity. Patricia. So close. Yeah. So close. Oh my goodness. It's like just because one thing doesn't work out for you doesn't mean that everything else won't. It's mm-hmm. like you need. Yeah, yeah, it's like period. you need to regroup period. with yourself. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. facts versus um, your opinion, yeah. which is like your emotions. You have to be able to separate them, which is I like how Sandy um, enable, engages you to, to think mm-hmm. in that way, like to be more practical <laughs> in how you handle yeah. like em- emotionally fueled like yeah sometimes um, you need to ask the like same situations. question like numerous that. times so good. because yeah like yeah. each time the answer it's is going to change like there is no one answer just because you're focused mm. on one thing in a particular moment doesn't mean you're going to focus on it in the future or at another moment in time so you yeah. need to continuously ask yourself a certain question most definitely mm-hmm. be you kind need to, be to kind yourself. yourself because at times it's easier yeah. to be hard on yourself but like this whole year has been mm. an accumulation of people saying the words in these trying times and you're just being like oh they are yeah, trying yeah. times oh. like People are dying, people are falling ill, people are being made redundant, people are losing their jobs, people have no clue about their next steps. So it genuinely is trying times. So it's understandable for you to Mm -hmm. be hard on yourself, but it's like you need to continuously ask yourself, what am I going to do next? it's like just because you have a particular goal in mind like Mm. I'm gonna start exercising cool ask yourself a question like the same question like what are we gonna do to make you into the you you want to be just because you want to exercise now doesn't mean you're gonna want to exercise in the future like it might just be a continuous thing and you want to adapt and bring something new into your life so that's all for me (laughs) 
if you continue to speak it, I'm happy to listen. You know, I was, I was really feeling yeah, that. Yeah, like Murray yeah. was really offering like free real estate. There. If you like, guys I hope want you guys therapy sessions, <laughs> yeah, just because that was yeah, therapy. just email yeah, on gmail.com. <laughs> um, I'm free Mondays to Fridays for the next two weeks. Is she making this up? <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> Holler at your gal. It's completely free. But no, it's like. I've yeah. got you for it to Marie. Just, just put help <laughs> in the subject title. Yeah, but it's like. So, so like, Patricia, when you ask me for help with something. I'm genuinely okay with helping you. I'm not like, oh, mm-hmm. Patricia again. It's because, yeah. <laughs> it's because, yeah, it's. <laughs> Shut up, Marie. Yeah, Patricia, I, I hate it. I'm, I'm only helping you because Eli needs his humans to take care of him. No, it's, it's literally yeah, because exactly. it's like, okay, this is a friend who genuinely needs my help with something. Even if it's something as small as, like, emailing mm. the dog rumors, it's like, she's asked for my help, so right. I will be there <laughs> to help. Like, Abida was like, hey, mm. so you free on Friday to help with my podcast? Right? Yeah. If you can help others, you can help yourself. Like, it's it's so easy. Like, it's much easier to be able to mm-hmm. give others the attention that you need to redirect to yourself the love the patience um and you truly cannot be selfless without feeding yourself you know with all the goodness that you want to give out to others because what you notice is that you Mm -hmm. end up like spreading yourself thin um and you get like emotionally burnt out easily and i'm speaking from experience because as much as i want to be there for my friends like some days I just have to take it in for like for myself you know and that's why I also like appreciate the friendship mm-hmm. group I have now because they they just understand like there's there doesn't have to be like a verbal um yeah. kind of you know cue like um they could just they, they could, I don't know they could just like by yeah. instinct they can guess ah I it's think important to have through it. Like I'm that. just gonna check in with her and then ask her what she needs yeah um but yeah this was this was such a lovely lovely that we'll probably have to introspective session uh, especially <laughs> yeah here's a big special yeah. towards the end of the year honestly, honestly <laughs> i'm very great like if i haven't said this like explicit to you both yeah. but i'm I'm gonna say oh it now, gosh. but I'm she's really, really grateful it. to have you both. Oh my gosh, friend. she's gonna propose! Oh my gosh, Marie, turn it on! Yeah, she wants We're me going to be the photographer to our wedding. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's like you're so open. It's just three people in the room. I'm not mad. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I just want to say I'm no, very like, grateful mm, to have you both in my life, and I know we don't all speak like on a daily basis, but I think that's yeah. the beautiful side to it, right? So we can like touch bases every few weeks, um, yeah. you know, and just see how each other are doing, and 
make time and do things like this. Like I really wish we could have seen each other face to face, but it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Inshallah, you know, in the upcoming year. So I wanted to whisper to <laughs> I am... Marie's in, but she's sure I so. appreciate. Never it. again. It was a short count. It added to the cinematic value. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Yeah, but I, no. it? like I, she did. She oh, genuinely did. I bet Marissa um, would have appreciated it. Yes, your coach <laughs> slash therapist, Marissa, <laughs> my sister, appreciated it. Um, no, but <laughs> no, but Abida, you're definitely correct. I think it's it's not necessarily age, but it's like more maturity, realizing the other people have things going on Mm. in their lives so they're not always going to be there but just because they're not there doesn't mean that they don't care like I've got a friend Mm. in New Zealand who I haven't seen in like six Mm. years but just because we don't speak every day doesn't mean that I don't care about her and she doesn't care about me it's like we're both Mm. living our lives and when we connect that's what's important and mm. it's the same for those around us that yeah. are in the country. Like, hi everyone, this is editing a B dog coming to you on the nineteenth of May, twenty twenty one. This episode was actually recorded on the eighteenth of December, twenty twenty. So it's been a long time coming. I just wanted to let you all know that there was a two hour automatic cut off point, which is why there's an abrupt ending, but. Thank you for listening to the episode. Thank you for listening to the episode. And please feel free to share any thoughts and feelings on our Instagram at Enroute Podcast. See you all on the next one. Bye.